Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. What are the classics? There are Bible stories. I love Bible stories. People love stories. These are true stories. They're meant to build your faith. They're meant to show you what the Lord has commanded. They're meant to show you what God has promised. They're meant to show you God's character and how he behaves in situations with his creation. So today I really want you to focus in on this. You may know the story, and I believe I've taught it before, not many times, but we're going to look at it from a different angle today. And I'm going to read you the full story first. So the title of today's message under the classics is The Resurrection and the Life. Can I get an amen in this house? The Resurrection and the Life. So let's go to John chapter 11, verse 17, one of my favorite stories. They're probably all my favorite stories, but I just love this one. John chapter 11, verse 17. I really didn't want to skip around in the story. I want you to receive and grasp the full context of it. So I'm going to read it to you. It's going to take a moment. It's not too long, but I'm going to read you the whole story. So really tune in and listen. You've heard the saying, lean in. I want you to have your ears on and your brains engaged. And I want you to receive it down into your spirit, okay? This is a story about Jesus. So check this out. John chapter 11, verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead or been in his grave for four days. I'm not going to comment a lot on this story, but I do want to say this. How many of you know God is never too late? He's never too late. You start reading this story, and you read before this story begins, where I started it this morning, you go, man, Jesus waited around. He knew Lazarus was sick. He knew Lazarus was going to die. What is going on here? Is God late? God is never late. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. So Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary, were very close to Jesus. He would go hang out at their house. The ladies would cook for him. They would sit at his feet and talk to him. They are mentioned in other places in Scripture here in the New Testament. So when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Who knows why? All right. Martha said to Jesus, now here's where we are, right, as humans. She said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. If only you had been here. But even now, look at the midst of it. Look at what she says. But even now. I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Let's keep going. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Someone say rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Oh, this is good news. Mm. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. You're not going to, even if you pass away on this planet, you're not going to die and go to hell. That's eternal separation from God. That is the second death. He says, if you live in me and believe in me, you will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? In the midst of the crisis, in the midst of her heartbreak, she's just lost someone who was so dear to her heart. He says, do you believe? She said, yes, Lord. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. In the midst of all of it, she said, I believe. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. 
Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. <laughs> when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, just what her sister said, right? Lord, if only you had been here. They're all thinking the same thing. They probably talked about it for days. My brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger, he was troubled, welled up within him. Some have said different reasons for why he did that, but I believe he was just sick and tired of death, claiming lives, making people frustrated, breaking their hearts, fallen nature, the fallen world. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. He cried over him. He cried over the loss of Lazarus, that he had to suffer and die. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. Jesus always cares. He's always involved and he always cares. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry or troubled as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, ever practical, right? The dead man's sister protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? Mm, stay with me. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, no more, no more, no more ado, no more hanging out, no more wasting time. He prayed briefly and he said, Lazarus, come out. One translation says, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now, that is a story that actually happened. Jesus raises people from the dead. We've seen it on planet Earth. There's record of it. There's medical records and, and reports all over the planet of people rising from the dead. This happens. This happens. It's a strange and powerful and unique time when God's faith is stirred up and the gifts of the Spirit are released and people rise from the dead. It happens. But also, I feel like this is a powerful symbolic statement here about us rising from death in some area of our life because many times people have called it quit. They've called it quits and they're dead while they're alive. You say, even believers? Well, yeah, they're just doing, going through the motions, just walking around. And Jesus says, come out, get up, come out, and rise again, come forth. So this story is for you today. This story is for me. And we're going to go through it. And I want to hit something first in my first point today. And that is we're confronted with facts all the time. Someone say facts. We're confronted with facts all the time. What are the facts in your story right now? You need Jesus to touch you somewhere. You say, like Pastor Jen said, there's debt, there's heartbreak, there's, man, there was something that went on, you're in a crisis. What are the facts right now, or what were the facts in your situation? What is going on? And I want you to take time for a minute and just think about that. What are the facts in your situation right now? What are they? Are they awful? Have you been given bad news by a doctor? Have you been told you're not going to make it? Is your marriage on the rocks? Is your health struggling? You've been believing God? Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, dear friends and family today, keep 
holding on. Stay with me. Look at me. I want you to really engage with this. Keep holding on despite the facts. The facts are always going to be there. What you need to remind yourself of is the truth of God's word. Because the facts are there, right? They're there. These are the facts. I have an injury. Someone's been diagnosed with cancer. They're struggling. Their kidneys are giving them problems. They have back problems. There's, man, you've got a fractured spine. Whatever it is, man, this relationship, it's dead and gone. These are the facts. It looks like it's over. Look at verse 17. We're going to jump around here just to remind you of what's going on here. Verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Those were the what? The facts. Look at verse 32. Look at verse 32. Then when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. These are facts. These are facts. Look at verse 39. When Jesus said, roll the stone aside, Martha said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The what? The smell will be terrible. This looks... She's still not there yet. She still has faith. There's faith going on. She said, I believe in you. You're from God. I know you're the Messiah. You're God in the flesh. I know you can do this. I believe in you. But he's saying, okay, roll the stone aside. And she's like, Lord, she's still human. She's still thinking of the practical facts here. She says, the smell will be terrible. Many of us, I don't know who who in here does this, but I even do, do it. And I'm naturally a positive person. I've been through this. Some seasons where I'm more negative than others, and that's terrible. My wife has to say, baby, be positive. You're a positive person. She has to remind me and hold me accountable. You may be in a situation right now that all you've done is talk about the facts. And they're negative. Someone say negative. And talking about the facts and rehearsing them and repeating them over and over again has not helped your situation, has it? It hasn't. It's a rotten feeling. You're struggling. You're moving through it. You say, man, yes, but, yes, but. We all, we've all done that. Yes, Lord, I know, I believe, but. I believe, but these are the facts. I see you, Lord, but uh, I see your word. I love you, Lord, but. And, and, and the pastors are saying this, and my Christian friends are saying this, and Bible study is saying this. I believe, but these are the facts. I need you to know that we need to move past the facts this morning. You cannot get stuck and die there in the facts. Even in her belief, even in her faith, Martha said, but Lord, his body is going to smell terrible. He's been gone for days. This is going to be a mess. And Jesus said, I told you, you would see great things if you believe. I told you. I told you, man. He said, no, I did not tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe. Let's go to verse 40. Look at this. This is, this is Jesus' word to us today. Look at verse 40. He said, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believed? He knows the facts. He talked about the facts with his disciples before they got there. He said, he's he's asleep now. And they said, oh, it's good, Lord, if he sleeps. No, he's dead. He's dead. He has died. But this is for God's glory. So these are the facts. Someone say facts. Some of you are dealing with some hard facts right now. Cold, hard truth in your money, in your life, in your relationships, in your body. Whatever it is, at work, there's some facts right now going on. In the American economy, there's facts. There's all these things going on. But remember, you are a pilgrim. You're a traveler passing through life. Now that you've accepted Jesus, this world is not your home. 
It's full of facts, but you have so much more to look forward to in this life and the next. Somebody say amen. Those are the facts. Now let's talk about point two today. Faith that matters. Faith that matters. At the end of this message today, we're going to take time to pray for you in your seats. We're going to agree. Pastor Jen has already brought up miracles today, so we've stirred up your faith. But we're going to pray again. We're going to make sure that every base is covered. Say, faith that, that matters, Pastor Matt. Doesn't all faith matter? Yes, faith is significant. But how many of you know it is so easy to say, look, God's answered all my prayers. I believe right now. You've been there? You feel full of faith. Some of you have just gotten an answer to prayer. In the, right now, some of you are saying, of course I believe. He just did something great for me. That's amazing. And that fuels your faith. And that keeps you going for the next battle. But faith that matters is what? Let's go to verses 21 and 22. Look at this. Martha said to Jesus in the midst of the crisis, she's just lost her brother. Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Remember those facts? But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. God will give you whatever you ask. In the midst of it, she said, I, I know. I know that my prayers are going to work. She said, God will give you whatever you ask. I don't know what you're going to do, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Let's go to verse 25. We're going to read a few verses there. We're going to read 25 through 27. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord. She just lost her brother. She's like, Jesus, if you had been here, I've always believed you're the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Yes, Lord, I have al I believe now and I have always, always believed. Someone say believe. The toughest time to pull up your faith is when you've just lost someone. The facts are there. The facts are there. I talked to a guy recently, and he said, man, I'm getting over it. He'd lost his dad. And he's talking about asking the question of why. I remember when we lost mom, we said, she believed. She was a woman of faith. She lived right. But cancer got her. Now, ultimately, we know that God's promise is true. We know that. And she's in heaven, cancer-free, pain-free, looking beautiful right now. We either believe or we don't. We either, someone, hang with me. We either believe or we don't. We don't grieve like those who have no hope, Scripture says. We don't. We don't grieve like those who have no hope. But I'm telling you, one of the toughest times in your life is when you don't understand why someone has passed away or why the situation happened. There's other situations. You say, God, I don't know why. And I've been mentioning this now for a little bit. We see in the story of Job, someone say the story of Job. We see in the story of Job that he had all these why questions. Read through it. It's a tough story. It's beautiful. It's poetic. But it's like nothing else. I'm telling you, Job was doing everything right. He thought he was a man of God. And then all of a sudden he lost everything and almost lost his life. And at one point his wife said, do you still keep your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? His wife said that. The person closest to him. But he kept speaking well of God, even though he was questioning him. He said, I just need to meet with God. I need to see what's going on here. Why, 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 why? Well, near the end of the book, God appears. And how many of you know that once God appears and once he manifests himself, all the why, all the questions don't matter anymore. 
Really, what we're really asking for when we're asking why, if we'll really search the deeper meaning of that, is God, we just want you to manifest yourself to us. We need you to come to us. And that's when your faith really matters in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the heartache. Man, we've been through some stuff. You've been through some stuff. Some of you have been through stuff that others in here, we, don't, we can't even comprehend what you've been through. Heartache and pain and heartbreak. And you've kept your integrity and you've kept your faith. And that is faith that matters. In a serious, painful, and dire situation, Martha said, I believe. I call that crazy faith. It's almost crazy. People look at you and go, what? But what about all this? And here's how I respond to people is why why is your first why is your first thought and not you but there are many people why is your first thought to blame God? We live in a fallen world. Why would you blame God? Do not go there. You can have it out with God. You can question and ask, but you know what? We don't understand everything. What you need, what you need is to worship Him and trust and believe in the most dire situation. Crazy faith, faith that matters. You've got to keep believing. No matter what, everything I've said this before, and I believe it, everything, someone say everything, everything is a test. Some of you are being tested right now. You're either about to be in a situation where your faith is tested, or you're in a situation, a tribulation, a trial where your faith is being tested, or you're just coming out of a situation that tested your faith. Did you get that? You're either... About to be, you're in it, or you're coming out of it. That is life. Someone say that is life. I really want to make sure you're engaging with this today because we are all going through things. And some of you say, man, I haven't been through stuff like this where I needed this. Well, if you're honest with yourself, you really have. And if not, if it hadn't been that challenging yet, those days are coming because life is tough. In this world, Jesus said, you'll have trouble. It's full of trouble. There's cares and worries and things going on and people battling in their bodies. We lose relatives. We lose people close to us. We don't understand it all. Sometimes it's sudden. Sometimes it's drawn out. But your faith matters when you know this. You say, you know what? All I'm believing for is the living God to make himself known to me. All I'm believing for. And that's what Martha and Mary were saying, really. They said, Lord, if you would have been here. They didn't say why. They just said, you know, they... Where were you? Were you healing other people? They didn't ask. They just said, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But in the midst of it, Martha said, I believe, and her faith mattered. Your faith matters today. Every time you believe, it matters. But you want your faith to really, really, really matter? It's when you believe in the midst of a trial. Some of you are going through some stuff right now, and you're, it's time to activate your faith again. It's time to activate your faith again, and we're not going to let it die, and it's not your time to go, and it's not your time to die. It's not your time to be done. It's not your time to give up. It's not your time to lay down and quit. Your faith matters, so keep believing. Are you with me today? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Your faith matters, and faith that matters, oh, man, all faith is powerful, but it's so so much easier to rejoice and give God the glory and say, I believe, once he's answered your prayer. Many times in the waiting, there's been songs written about it. Many times in the waiting, you go, God, where are you? God, where are you? I need you to do something, God. I need you to, to, to do something great. I need you to come through, God. I need you to manifest yourself. You're waiting for God. Beyond all the questions, you're waiting for God 
to appear and manifest himself. You're waiting for him to come to you. All right. That is faith that matters. You keep believing no matter what. Listen to my third point this morning. Someone say the miracle. How many of you are believing for a miracle this morning? Raise your hand. I didn't see who all raised their hand this morning, but it's just it's virtually everybody in this house. When Pastor Jen was praying this morning, good news. The miracle is on its way. Look at verse 44. Look at verse 44, that same chapter. And the dead man came out. Jesus said, Lazarus, come out or Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man came out. He's no longer dead. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. He's alive now. What a miracle. God is bringing a miracle to you now. You need to look back, take inventory, and look back on times where you said, you know what? I need a miracle, God, and God came through. How many of you have ever received a miracle that you can think of? Raise your hand. Thank you, Mary. Raise your hand. Say, I've received a miracle. I have over and over and over again. And I'm praying that God reminds you of that. So here's, here's the logic this morning for your faith. If God's done it before, can't he do it again? Aren't you glad God is not a one-hit wonder? Those are frustrating to me. Those are f- so frustrating to me, the one-hit wonders. You can look back, and there's different, there's different reasons why. You know, you can look at Vanilla Ice, real talented guy, man, ice-ice baby, and that was it. And there was some mafia-type reasons for all that. I won't get into all that, why that was it, and even lost the rights to his song and all kinds of stuff. But th- there's, uh, there's been all kinds of one-hit wonders. You may, maybe you can't think of all of them right now. I can't. But you say, man, they were one and out. They were one-trick pony. That was it. Could have been the record label messed them up. It could have been. And then there's actors and actresses. Man, one great movie, and that was it. Aren't you glad that God is not a one-hit wonder? He doesn't just do one thing. He does everything perfectly and on time. And he is never, ever, ever late. Remember, you can't do it on your own. That's why we call them miracles. You can't give yourself a miracle. Only God can do that. It is not in your power to give yourself a miracle. It's not. You're human. We believe, man, we can perform miracles in Jesus' name, but how many of you know that is God doing the miracle? It is time for the miracle. After you've received the facts and then your faith that really matters, you believed in the crisis, then the miracle comes. And I'm here to prophesy to you this morning and stir your faith up again. Let it be stirred up. Let yourself get your hopes up again. The miracle is coming now. It's on its way. You've believed God. You've cried out. Man, lonely times at night, alone in your car, on road trips, you've felt the, the, the hint and the burn of depression and the sting of disappointment. And you've said, when, God, when, when? And God said, keep believing. Your faith matters and your miracle is coming now. I believe it. Financial, a healing miracle, a relational miracle a job miracle, whatever you need, a new home, a new car, so much more beyond that. You say, man, I need a miracle in that. I've struggled with depression. I am a believer. I don't know what's going on here. I've bound the devil. You know what? God is going to speak to you, and you will be free, and the depression is lifting. Anxiety is lifting. You have hope again. Your miracle is here. I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord. Let's give the Lord a clap offering this morning.
God specializes in miracles. Scripture says he is the Lord, our provider. He is the God who sees. He's the God who hears. We see he's the God that is more than enough. We see he is the, the Lord, our shepherd. He is God who is with us. Wow, the Lord with us. He is the miracle maker. God is the one who does miracles. Someone say this with me right where you are. Say, I believe my miracle is on its way. It's here. It's just a matter of moments. Say that again. Say, it's just a matter of moments. Say, my faith matters. Say, the facts are there, but my faith matters. And I have my miracle. Say, God wants to give me a miracle. He is a God who takes care of his children. He loves me. I believe. And my miracle is on its way. In Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord another clap offering. If you would, please, go ahead and bow those heads and close those eyes, if you would. First things first is so important. Is there anyone in this house at the sound of my voice that says, Pastor Matt, I know the greatest miracle of all is for someone to come to know Jesus and to be restored in their relationship with God and to be transformed and be made right and be made righteous and then holy. If you have never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of your life, you've never publicly confessed Jesus as your Lord, if that is you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. The Lord will never be ashamed of us if we're not ashamed of him. Raise your hand if you need to accept Jesus this morning. You've never accepted Jesus. Go ahead and raise that hand. Anybody at all. And if everyone in here is stable and secure in that, that you've confessed the Lord as your, as your Savior, you've placed your faith in Jesus, then I want you to pray with me for those on the live stream, okay? Those tuning in right now. So agree with me if you would. Everybody in this house, pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe, we believe, that Jesus is the Savior. And we're sinners. Say, I'm a sinner without you, Lord. I need you in my life. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. He's the only way to heaven. And I also believe that Jesus died and rose again to save me from myself and from sin and from hell. Say it again. Say, I believe. Say, Lord, come into my life. Change me. Manifest your presence within me. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everybody in this house to go ahead and stand to your feet, and let's believe for those miracles again. Pastor Jen prayed for you. We're going to just reaffirm and confirm that. Touch someone on their shoulder, a hand, however you want to be in contact with someone, and let's agree right now because the miracle is on its way. Father, we've already prayed. Lord, we believe. We're beyond the questions. There's facts. There's all these distractions and voices in the wind, and we know it's real windy here, Lord. There's voices all over, and many of them are significant. But, Lord, we do know this is our faith matters right now more than ever because we believe in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a need, in the midst of needing a miracle, we believe, and the miracle is on its way. We unite our faith this morning, and we praise you and thank you. 
We give you all the glory, Father God. And we thank you for your miracle-working power. We can't do it, but we know you can. Say it one more time. Say, I believe. Say it one more time, family. Say, I believe. In Jesus' name, we believe. Yes, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give him a mighty clap offering this morning. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Please take your seats one more time. We love you. We're excited for what God's doing in your lives. Keep on believing. I always tell my guys this in Bible study, keep the faith. Let me just announce something real quickly before we talk about tithe and offering. I'm opening up my Bible study group once again to all the men that are interested. Um, If it's been a while, we'll come back. But only if you're serious about God. If you want more of God, you want to get in a setting where you feel safe to talk about issues that we confront as men, issues that we're not going to necessarily talk about on a Sunday morning. It's a small group meeting. I have faithful guys that come. But if there's any men in here interested in showing up for my Bible study on Tuesday night, this Tuesday at 6 p.m. in pastor's office down that hallway, okay? You're welcome to join me. Let's see who wants the next step in their walk with God. You're welcome to join me, all right? Bible study, 6 p.m. this Tuesday night. Does anyone need an envelope for tither offering? Shoot that hand into the air, if you would, please. There's some that need it. Thank you. Here's some over here. All right, all right. Anybody else? You can also text to give, as always. Let's believe. Let's unite our faith family of God. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that we are your family. Because of Jesus, we're part of the family of God. Wow. Jesus is not ashamed to call us family now because of the blood of Jesus. When we place our faith in him, we're part of his family. And Lord, as part of your family, we know that poverty is not your will and to have financial lack. So Lord, we break every curse of poverty and lack right now in Jesus' name as we give in faith. Faith that matters, Lord, we believe, and we know the miracle is on its way. There's the facts, but we're going to keep pushing past the facts to believe and engage and activate our faith, and we see the miracle is on its way. So, Lord, we believe as we give tithe and offering today, you're bringing a financial miracle. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.